What does a gold digger do, Anthony? Separate good men from their money. Okay, okay. That's your perspective. But isn't it also possible that she does her very best to make men feel complete and add exponentially to their happiness quotient? What's your point, Tony? I got magic waiting in my car. And if he's in there too long, he starts messing with my presets. The point is, whether it's separating people from their money or making people feel complete, both are essential components in selling high-end real estate. And I figured out a new way to do it. Anthony, do yourself a favor. You're gonna hate yourself if you miss out. Yes, the Girlfriends Podcast. Uh, we're here to give you uh, each and every episode, discussion after discussion, and you can follow along with us by watching it on Netflix and then listening to our podcast. That's if it's your first time here. I'm Nettie. And I'm Etsy. And today's episode is a Tony-centric episode. Mm-hmm. It's called Child's in Charge. Why did they do this? This okay, Charles in charge. I get it. It's like Charles in charge, but that's not. This isn't what Ch- Charles in charge was about. Yeah, it wasn't about real estate and him starting his own business. He was like a man nanny yeah. for his family. <laughs> he, I lost it. Wasn't he a babysitter? He was like a he was like a caretaker, a man, a manny. I call him manny, a male oh, nanny. A manny. I like that. Yeah, you never heard that before? No. Yeah, he was a manny. And then in exchange for him being a manny, they gave him house. They let him stay there, like in one of the rooms. Mm. So it was like that. But, I mean, I guess he was in charge of their days and their nights. I guess they, they had parents, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a Tony-centric episode called Child's in Charge. She She's trying to get her business together and, uh, you know... You got to start putting your, your foot on the gas somehow. She wasn't doing much else. So mm-hmm. air dates, March 18th, 2002, written by Karen Gist. Mm. So they start out this cold open um, with uh, the girls celebrating because Tony, believe it or not, sold a four million dollar compound to who Etsy? She sold it to Destiny's Child's very own Beyonce. Yes. And is this pre-Jay-Z Beyonce? 2002, 2001, something like that. Or maybe they were on the low at this point. You know, because they were together. They didn't tell nobody for a minute. Possibly. Yeah. Pre-public relationship. Yeah. And, you know, $4.2 million is how much it costs. And that sounds about right for Beyonce at this time. I feel like 4.2 was in her range. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like nowadays she'd definitely be in double digits. I mean, she has kids now. Yeah. Yeah. 4.2 is definitely, um, definitely reasonable for her um, during this time. Disney Shaw was out here. Yeah. They were surviving, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a survivor. What? Yeah. That, that's what was going on around this time. So, yeah, I can imagine that. Um, so they're having a special dinner for Tony. And Lynn says, well, I got my first $20 tip yesterday and I didn't get a celebration. Well, first Mm. off, $20. Okay. Is that a lot? I mean, considering she works at a little rinky-dink spot, I don't think, I think that that's a lot. 
How much is the average meal over there? $25? $30? I mean, you in LA and you around, like, obviously they're close to the law firm, I'm thinking. And she pretty. True. That should happen. That should have been happened by now. That ain't... Uh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm being judgmental. I'm just saying. It just seemed like a little bit. I've never bust tables, guys. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Listener, if you're yelling at me in your car right now, I'm sorry. Just to me, I feel like considering the location and her personality and such, this should have been the first time. Gotten that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. But you know what they say those who have money are the cheapest motherfuckers. So. Okay. Okay, yeah, maybe those lawyers at the law firm are like, yeah, fuck this. I'm going to save my money for my house in Maui or something. <laughs> I don't know. But no one's really trying to celebrate this. But Joan does give her some bread to take home as a uh, celebration for that that monumental uh, milestone. Uh. All right, so this episode, William's in the episode, but he does not talk to the girls. He is not anywhere near the girls. He probably doesn't even know what's going on with Tony's opening her own business. Mm-mm. So do you want to get the get his storyline out of the way? Because it's pretty simple. Um, he's still missing Yvonne <laughs> or whatever. And his boss, Sweet Olsen, wants him to go have sex because he feels that if he doesn't have any sex, he's going to be some type of depressed and it's going to interfere with how he does his job. So he wants yes. him to call up a booty call. <laughs> and the way Sweet Olsen is pressuring him... This seems like a sexual harassment case. It's, it's Isn't it giving, labeled under that? Yeah, it's definitely giving too close for comfort for me. Like, it's giving some sexual harassment. Yeah, and he says many times he doesn't feel comfortable at all talking about it or calling women for booty calls. I think he might even say, I feel like this is disrespectful to women. I, I feel like that line was said. Yes, it was. And Sweetelson's like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, everybody has a few, you know, people in the black book or whatever. Where's your black book? Call up the people. He's like, I don't have anybody. I don't have any booty calls. But he convinces them somehow to call the lady at the bagel place that he goes to every morning. Uh-huh. She called, I, I forgot her name, but he calls her up. He don't know if you want to go by Willie, Bill, William, Billiam. I don't know. So he says, hey, so-and-so. I was uh, wondering if you could set aside a dozen cinnamon raisin bagels for me in the morning. God bless you. Good night. But Swiddleson pressures him, pressures him to call back. He calls again and he asks for another dozen bagels. So this isn't something that this isn't William anyway. William's not that kind of guy who has a woman on speed dial every, like, in his black book. He's kind of nerdy in that way. And Sweetelson, this nigga just got out of a marriage. What do you, what, what? what? Engagement. Engagement. Yeah. <laughs> Engagement <laughs> they didn't get that to far. be married. But, yeah, like, there isn't going to be a roster. At least I hope not, chill. These niggas out here, I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Why would he even have a roster? He thought he was going to spend the rest of his life with the with Yavon. Uh, right. Gotcha. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah, these niggas shit. I don't know. But <laughs> that's something to throw out there. Like, hello, nigga. Are you dumb? 
Yeah, I think he'd be better off just um, suing Swedelson for sexual harassment. He's a, he's a lawyer. He can represent himself, and I'm sure he can make a good case for that. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that's the end. That's the end. Swedelson ends up uh, with that storyline disappointed with William. Mm-hmm. So when we open up this episode, Tony's out at lunch with the guy from The Wire. Do you watch The Wire? You know who this is? I don't watch The Wire, but I know who that is. He's in a lot of those black movies. I've seen him in shit before The Wire, but to me, that's what I mainly know him from. Like, he was on five whole seasons of that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, This is Wendell Pierce. He played Bunk on The Wire, and he is in this episode having lunch with Tony, and apparently he's the one that got her connected to Beyonce to sell the house to her. Okay. Which is like, whoa, this guy has connects. Okay. And, you know, she talks about how she sold the house to to Beyonce and she kind of sealed the deal by saying, this is your destiny, child. (laughs) (laughs) But I think she should have said, this is your destiny and I'm Tony, child. Child. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she should have said. I'm just I'm just saying you could have spiced it up and like tailored it to yourself. Right. You know, but you sold the house anyway. It don't matter. Um, so he's a developer. Anthony is. It's funny. Anthony and Tony. Anthony and Antoinette. That's that's cute. So after a while, they're eating and Tony seemingly starts to beg this guy on a date. Yeah, this is out of character for her. She's begging him, Tony Childs, to go on yeah. a date. And he's like, she even mentions it like, oh, I'm used to I've dated Husky guys before. And we're in the audience looking at this like, oh, this doesn't seem like your type, Tony. Yeah, this is the same Tony Childs that wouldn't date a guy because he was too dark. That's what I'm saying. What happened to that? And I'm like, don't you have certain standards of day? No shades of Wendell Pierce. You are a good looking dude, but you're not what Tony Childs usually picks up. I will tell you that. Mm -mm. So I don't know where this came from. But funny enough, surprisingly enough, he's not even interested in Tony. Mm-hmm. He says, you're not my type. And Tony's like, come on, I'm everybody's type. I'm like, there's the old Tony. There mm-hmm. she is. I was wondering where she went. <laughs> you know, she done sold a $4.2 million house, million dollar house to Beyonce. She thinks she's God's gift to, to men. So mm-hmm. but he does say that she's superficial mm-hmm. and um, it's a turnoff for him. He says, I'm looking to date women with a little more substance. I mean, when you die, what will your obituary say? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, she was 102, but she looked 50. <laughs> okay, gang, gang, gang. <laughs> he goes, see? I'm looking for a woman who's doing something with her life. Somebody who's bringing as much to the table as I am. Shoot, somebody who at least has a second paragraph in her obituary. She's like, well, it's okay because I'm into dating men who aren't so obsessed with death. <laughs> and she walks off. I think she leaves. So the girls are at Jones and they're opening fortune cookies. <laughs> I've done this. I used to do this. Me and my friends in college used to do this every Wednesday. Our student union, we had like a food court and there was a Chinese spot. They had free fortune cookies. You didn't have to buy a meal. Just mm. walked up to the bowl picked up the fortune cookies and that's it so me and my friends would go every wednesday because that was our day off and we were in band so that was our day 
after band that we would go. And we would pick up a fortune cookie and we all go sit down at a table and we'd each open ours and you say it and then you say in bed after it like they did in the show. (laughs) So we did that every day. And then one day my friend, one of my friends got one that said, it says someone wants to be with you in bed, right? It didn't say in bed, but she opens it and she's supposed to say it, but she doesn't say it. She just busts out laughing. Mm-hmm. And then we're all like, what the fuck? So she passes it to the next friend in the table and then they start laughing. And I'm like, what? And each person <laughs> reads. <it. laughs> and my friend's like, yo, yo, just wait till it gets to you. Wait till it gets to you. I'm like, OK. So it gets to me. Someone wants to be with you in, in bed. bed. Yeah, that was the freakiest fortune cookie we ever got. So I like this storyline here. Does, does anybody actually eat fortune cookies? I eat them sometimes. Do you? Yeah. I've never met anyone that ate them. Well, hello. My name's Nettie. <laughs> <laughs> How do they taste? Um, they taste like... I know they hard as it hell. It tastes almost like a... um, It's like uh the sweetness of like a, um ice cream cone, kind of. Oh. Mm. It's like that, yeah. Maybe I should eat it with some ice cream. Oh my God. You could take the pieces and dip and it. Dip that motherfucker like chip and dip. Come on cash at me (laughs) (laughs) anyway so the girls are enjoying their fortune cookies joan gets hers it says god helps those who help themselves in bed (laughs) maya adds that and that's when tony just blurts out that she wants to start her own business all the girls start laughing though they don't think she's serious (laughs) so they add in bed at the end of it (laughs) (laughs) But she's not kidding, though. Like, she's not kidding. She wants to start her own business. Tony Child's Realty. She already has the name. It's a state-of-the-art agency, which sounds like a great idea. I mean, why not? hmm Like, you were at a realty place that you worked at. What was it? Colonnade or some shit? And, like, you ha- had to deal with your bosses and not making commissions and competing with your coworkers. But if you have your own shit, no one can fire you from your own shit. Yeah. And you set your own whatever. You, you hire whoever you want. You fire whoever you want. But she talks about creating an experience for the, for the clients uh, when they come into her realty office. Okay, picture this. You walk in and you're transported to a tranquil world of exposed brick walls, eye beams, and glass cubicles. My Eurotrash assistant, clad in a monochromatic palette of product, <laughs> offers you a choice of herbal tea or cucumber mineral water. Ooh, I'll have the tea. Excellent choice, Miss Searcy. You will then be led into the quiet room, where you'll be taken on a virtual tour of available listings via plasma screens. Then and only then will you be ushered into a lushly appointed inner sanctum for a private one-on-one consultation with the realtors. That would be more. <laughs> okay. Experience is number one. Yeah. You know, I get you want to feel at home when you go buy a house. It's a very stressful type of thing from what I hear um, to go through that. So you want to have somewhere you can go. She has like, she wants all this like high tech stuff and a quiet room and all that stuff. So she calls herself the realtors. <laughs> Which is a very interesting name. There, see, there seems to be a theme going, as we'll see later in the series. By the way, Maya's hair in this scene, oh no. Oh, yeah. Under that hat? It's giving... You know the, the, how they used to dress like the black girl R&B singers from the early 2000s? Yes, I was going to say... I thought you were going to say a black Britney Spears. Yes! <laughs> it's like... 
That's what she was. It wasn't just so much the outfit, though, but the hair wasn't laying right. It yeah. wasn't. And nobody, it was almost like if someone could have just said cut and just moved one piece of hair like behind her ear or like combed it down a little bit, <laughs> that would have been fine. But no one did that. So it just looks weird the whole scene. But yeah, she did like a Black Britney Spears from like, uh, I can't think of the music video. Oh, uh, yeah. Unprotected or something? One of them. You know, it looks like you ever seen, you know, of course you've seen it, the music video for Cry Me a River. Yes! The, the How fake, a fake Britney. Britney. <laughs> she looked like that. <laughs> that Britney, the fake one. And actually, Britney has an outfit just like that that she wore on one of these red carpets. I'm not remembering exactly what red carpet it was, but those Britney Britney fans know what outfit I'm talking about. What, in the Crimea River video? Yeah, it's like the the hat, the whatever the yeah. fuck type of hat. Yeah. With the, with the low jeans and then the leather. Y'all know. Remember Justin said, remember Justin said, nah, that ain't Britney. That ain't, that's not, <laughs> that ain't, that's, it's just a, a girl in a video. It's, it's not Britney. It's, that looks just like her. Ciao. He's gaslighting us. That looks just like Britney Spears. Don't play with me. Ciao. So Joan, Joan doesn't think it's a good idea for her to start a business. The other girls are like, yo, that's so awesome. Woo, do it. Mm-hmm. But Joan's kind of like, it's not it's not fake happy or fake excited. It's just, it's minimized. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would you spend all that money on your office when you, you have to spend so much time in the field? I mean, how are you going to sell houses if you're in the office all the time? That's a good point. Okay. And, you know, Joan puts out a lot of di- uh, different technical aspects of starting a business. Have you thought about the basics? Incorporation versus sole proprietorship. Huh? Have you estimated your startup costs? Office space, remodeling, salaries, advertising, insurance, legal fees. <laughs> cucumbers? Tony wanted cucumbers? No, she mentioned cucumbers in there just to like lessen the blow after she said all the important shit. She's oh, like, I don't, you know, the cucumbers. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony's like, well, damn, Joan. I just asked you what you thought. I ain't expect a pop quiz over here. I think Joan's making some good points. What do you think? I absolutely do. Um, I think that when you're talking about something serious, like a business of this magnitude, yeah, that needs to be considered. Here's the thing. Yeah. So Joan's trying, you know, she's trying to tell Tony the real and Tony's like, I don't want to hear it. I think at that point, after you've tried, just stop. Mm. Just stop. I get where you're coming from, Joan. And I think you have great things that she should she should consider but if she won't listen to you and she's already getting kind of confrontational about your ideas Mm -hmm. that's when you stop that's when you stop and you just kind of just go with the flow because when you have a business or you have something that you're going for failure can be good Mm -hmm. because you learn a lot along the way Mm -hmm. and a lot of the best way to learn is firsthand as opposed to someone you think is yelling at you mm-hmm. um, because you'll probably not listen to that person. But if it happens to you directly, they're like, okay, next time you're like, okay, I know what to avoid for the next time. It sucks. That it has to be that way. But if she doesn't want to hear you, just stop trying. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're not having tweets this time because the tweets that I found were people saying that Joan was tripping and being a bad friend and being negative. I'm sorry, guys. What? Y'all think that Joan was being negative? I mean, I guess maybe it would have been her tone, but what she was saying was facts, though. But I feel like if she had a lower tone or she said it more calm, she wouldn't have, like, taken it seriously. 
sometimes you have to be firm with friends, you know? You know, Joan, and I also feel like it may be, like, her character's history of always trying to be right and be the mama bear and be somebody's, you know, no, this is how you should do it. Mm. That has something to do with it. But, yeah, I agree. It could be that her uh, her reputation precedes her. So this is why it's going that way. But there's another example of reputations preceding the person later on in the episode. We'll get to that. But yeah, um, it could be that, you know, previous times, like with Maya's wedding and all that stuff, that she's always trying to like impose her own ideas on people. And it could appear that way in this situation. But she's not wrong. She mentions, okay, you're going to spend your whole commission on this who knows if you never sell another house to Beyonce? What if it's never that big? That's the biggest client you ever have. And then you mm-hmm. can't recoup those funds. It's just, it's really risky. But Maya cites her cousin, Ronnie, who started Situations, the hair shop. Um, you remember that one, guys? That was the hair shop in which um, Lynn's white adoptive sister said the N-word? Yes, 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 yes. Was that one? Yes, yes, yes. Maya says that when Ronnie first started, he didn't have anything except two hot combs and a dream. Mm. And now he's opening up another salon in Artesia called Situations De. Mm? Okay. It's French, guys. Oh. De. Oh, we, Situations we. De. And Joan's like, see? You gotta start out small. Like Ronnie did. But I don't think small is in Tony's uh, DNA. Mm-mm. I also love the fact in this scene that Tracy, listen, Tracy can act her ass off. I will say, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all great. I don't want to diminish anyone. Sometimes it's just certain scenes that make me go, Ooh, Ooh, that person. But I want to shout out Tracy front of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to speak it into existence. I hear that. Shout out to her. <laughs> but in this scene, she's not just acting with her face and mouth. She looks really agitated in this scene when they're talking, when, when Tony's not listening to her, she looks real. she's shifting. She's like wringing her hands. She can't look at anybody. She looks very anxious and very Mm -hmm. fidgety as someone would be if they're, they're trying to tell their friends something and they're not listening and they're not taking what they're saying into account. I really love that because most people would have just take done the scene and just kind of just been in the scene and just kind of not done that autonomous kind of hand motion and body movement stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she could have been directed to do that stuff. I wasn't on set when it happened, but I love to see that because that that shows a more realistic, well-rounded character when I see you like looking mad, irritated at the things Tony's saying to you. But yeah, um, Joan says that Ronnie started small. And she suggests maybe Tony can, too, and start by being more practical. And Tony does not look very happy about it. Um, Mm -hmm. She's just like doesn't look like she's into what Joan's saying. And I would be like, yo, at that point, just drop it at that point. Whatever. I would just be like, "Okay, whatever. Let's just do your business. Great. Let's I'll whatever you want to do. I'm in. Mm. But you never know. She could succeed on the first time out. And then if you if you push her too much in the other direction, you look like the asshole. So. Mm-hmm. So then Joan sarcastically calls herself the bad guy. And she goes through all these uh, synonyms for, for bad guy, like... Wet blanket, rug puller, braid rainer, party pooper, bubble burster, ship sinker. Hey, that's enough. That's enough. See what I mean? I was having fun. <laughs> You're a party pooper. 
And uh, Jones says to Tony, I love you too much to just tell you what you want to hear and watch you make a total mistake. Mm. That sucks. Nah, that that hit hard. I don't know. Yeah, that's why the tweets don't agree with with, um, with Joan. Because she'd be doing the most. I mean, I agree with Joan. But like, after that initial comment about the money and everything, I think that... um, that extra stuff is just like, okay, girl, like the girl heard you the first time. Yeah, she knows your position. You don't got to keep saying it. I promise to God. Because <laughs> at this point, she's just getting even more like angry at you for not just saying what she wants to hear mm-hmm. or letting it go. Mm-hmm. So I would just just drop it. And I understand where Joan's coming from, because if Tony fails, you know who she's going to come running to. Joan. Yeah. And Joan, Joan's always been there to pick up the pieces, to pay for her car, pay for Tony's car and all this other stuff. And Joan knows if this shit fails, this could actually set me back some money, too. So mm-hmm. that's a lot more of her her agitation toward this whole plan of hers. And then Tony tells this wonderful story about, you know, anything I put my mind to, I succeed. There has never been a challenge Tony Childs hasn't met. When I was eight years old, I spotted you across the playground. I told myself we'd be best friends. We are. I wanted to get out of Fresno. I did. (laughs) I wanted to get into UCLA. I busted my butt, doctored some transcripts, and I got in. Oh, geez. Well, goddamn. (laughs) Come hella high water. And then she writes Joan a check to pay her back all the money that she owes her. I wonder how much that was. Yeah. Like for life? All the money for life that that you owed her? I don't know if they're even keeping track of that much. Maybe just recently, like the last six months to a year. I, I can't. I feel like it's so much. Like, it's not just, I feel like all the way to college or something. Because <laughs> dinners and car note and, mm. but she writes the check and then tells Joan, don't cash it before Friday. Ooh. Why even write the check yet? She just want her to know that she got it. Just wait a little bit. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Listen, <laughs> after seeing this episode, I honestly think they shouldn't be friends. Before, I was like, they could probably work it out. But this, this whole back and forth, like, they make up two times in this episode. They fight and make up twice in this episode. That's too mm-hmm. much. You're too grown for that. Like, we grown. We're not, we're not eight-year-olds anymore. You know, that's just, that's just the nature of their relationship. Like, up and down, break up, make up. Right, but, you know, as an adult, you have so much other things going on. Like, why do I need to worry about, like, fighting with my best friend? I'm supposed to go to you when I have issues, when I want to talk something out. I don't want you to be the source of my of my anger and my sadness and my anxiousness. I'm, I don't want to be fidgeting, thinking about the fact that you won't listen to me when I'm having good ideas about what you should look out for when you're doing a business. Yeah. I got to worry about car notes. I got to go worry about these cases, these people I'm trying to get off from jail or whatever. I don't got time to be arguing with you. (sighs) So Tony's studying for her broker's license test. Oh, yeah, she wants to get her broker's license. I don't know if we mentioned that, but that's part of the whole plan. Mm -hmm. And she's studying at Ame. That's why I was telling you earlier that that restaurant isn't really some type of super, like, fancy. The meals is probably like $20, $30, girl. Ain't about how much the meals cost. I know that shit noisy. Oh, yeah. How you gonna study for a test somewhere they clanking, clanking plates and shit 
Why are you gonna go to Starbucks? Some people thrive in chaos. I don't know. I mean, I know her friend is there. I know, I know Lynn is there, but she ain't finna help her like that. She gotta work. Well, she's having a hard time. This test is hard. This test is really hard. I could imagine. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of like measurements and shit. There's a lot of math. I, I, yeah, a lot of math. And it's like, this has been years since Tony has been in school. So it's like, you know, when you ain't done something for so long, especially if it's so technical, it's like, whoa, what the fuck am I doing? It just seems harder than what it is. And you gotta remember how to use a calculator and shit. <laughs> Division, fucking times tables. Mm-hmm. E equals MC squared, chill. Fractions. Psh, come on. Um, oh. But her self-esteem is pretty low. She's not, she's not doing well. She's getting the practice answers wrong. Maya comes in. And she's like, oh, this reminds me of Jabari learning fractions all over again. And Tony's like, wait, Jabari knows fractions? Can he fit in my purse? She says Jabari's name correctly. Round of applause. That might be the last time. That just might be the last time that happens. But so here's a weird thing. Maya comes in. Maya gives her all this encouragement. You can do it. I believe in you. Baby, I believe in you. And... Tony's like, stop being so encouraging. Okay, shut up with all the encouragement. And what kind of friend are you anyway? Telling me, you go, Tony. All you need is two high comps and a dream. (laughs) Okay, so now you're going to yell at Joan for being discouraging. You're going to yell at Maya for being encouraging? What the fuck do you want? Etsy, is this your queen? She's still my (laughs) queen to be. Yeah, this woman is this woman's wild. She's wild. Um And then didn't Maya mention okay, it wasn't just two hot combs. It was two hot combs and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Chad, yes. She did say that. She's like, Yeah, 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 I forgot about that part. Yeah. But Maya tries to help her out with a few questions and she totally gets them wrong. Tony gets frustrated and says, Joan put a hex on me. I highly doubt Joan has those abilities. Exactly. But whatever. And then Lynn's like, oh my God. She picks up the test book and she reads the test rules and says, look. This test is a piece of cake. It's a hundred questions. It's multiple choice. You only need 60% to pass. And it's open book. And Tony's like, what? Really? She's like, oh, I'm going to get a manicure. And she leaves because, oh, I don't need to study, I guess. But she's wrong. Very wrong. It's it's actually 200 questions. You got to get 75% right, and it's not open book. That's a big deal. And my thing is, um, how do you think a test like that is going to be open book? Like, wouldn't that prompt you to read it over? Like, nah, this can't be open book. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, because if my real estate agent didn't pass the right way, like, I, I'd rather my real estate agent not have an open book test. I want to know you know your shit. All right. It's kind of like... The t- if the test to be a doctor was open book. <laughs> like, huh? Well, we can all be doctors then. <laughs> can we all do it then? Right. What's up? Yeah, I think we got, you got to have the stomach for it, though. Because you got to cut people open and shit. Yeah, that shit. Oof. Skipping William's storyline. So Tony's trying to get a business loan. And this scene, it's so short. Uh, she's just at the bank, I guess, and she's arguing with the guy. It's a back and forth. I guess it's a creditor, actually. With your credit history, Miss Childs, I don't see how we can possibly approve a small business loan. 
But I aced my broker's exam. And it was an open book, as I was led to believe. But you have no assets or collateral. But I sold a compound to Beyonce. But you're still bouncing checks. But you're still giving them to me. Do I need to call security? Will they give me a loan? She's struggling. She can't get her stuff together. So this is part of what Joan was talking about. Mm -hmm. About the hardships of starting a business. Mm -hmm. And that's when Tony goes over to Jones to apologize. They're kind of doing this whole kid-like thing where they're like, Hey, hi. Are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I miss you! Uh, Funny, funny in the scene, uh, Joan or Tracy or somebody, either one, does this weird thing when she congratulates Tony. She's like, oh! God, I'm so proud of you! (laughs) She's like, I'm so proud of you! Yeah! Something weird. She does this weird noise when she's congratulating Tony. And I think it's just something that Tracy added to the character because she's done it again in another episode before. Mm. But so Joan knows that Tony's having trouble with this loan. She feels bad that she gave Tony a hard time about the idea. But I don't think you didn't give her a hard time. You gave her the real. That's what you gave her, Joan. Mm hmm. But now she's experiencing the real and it's, it, you know, that's how it is. I don't feel bad about it, about it at all. I'm glad she's experienced this so she, ha- so she knows what goes into starting a business. But Joan wants to be helpful. So what does she offer Tony? She got her something. Well, yeah, so she calls up her homeboy in them. And <laughs> the guy got office space. A small little eat-to-tee office space that she can rent out it's something super you know nothing too fancy but it'll get the job done and tony says um bitch you tried it that is too small for tony child like i'm good thank you tony's really bratty in this scene yeah and then joan is like um users yeah but you gotta hear what she said though tony said wait wait does it have plasma screens in a quiet room and Joan's like, no. She's like, all right, then I'll pass. Why? You got oh. a cubicle. You got a receptionist. You got a copier. You got to start somewhere. You got everything. What else do you need for your basic office space? That's what I thought she needed, but she won't plasma screens in a quiet room. Chill. Do you ever go look for an apartment and you go, damn, I hope they got a quiet room. <laughs> damn. Do they have a outdoor pool, a bellboy? Uh, I need plasma screens. I can't. I can't go to this real estate office, this realty place, if they don't got plasma screens. I can't do it. <laughs> Is the quiet room the waiting room? She didn't call it a waiting room. You're not waiting in there. You're quiet in there. I see. Listeners, what's the quiet room for? Prayer. The meditating your thoughts, thinking about how much money you're gonna spend. Yeah, that too. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> So they get into an argument and they just made up and now they're about to get into a whole nother argument again. Mm-hmm. So Joan's like, you know, I don't want you to lose all your money once this. And she's like, what? Fails. You know, people say when you say something like that, what Joan was about to say, she could have worded it better. Absolutely. What, what she should have said and what she meant is, I don't want you taking this type of risk. If this happens to not work out the way you intended it to. Well put, Etsy. Well put. Cash at me. I'm, I'm a part-time <laughs> therapist. 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The book's coming. Um, Yeah, I think that's why people didn't like Joan's personality in this. Um, People would probably say that she's a negative thinker. Mm -hmm. You know? I feel like Tony's not taking any precautions. She's just jumping in like, fuck this. I'm going to throw all my money at it. And I want the biggest of everything. And it's like, do you realize... If this fails, you're going to have to start from square one and it won't it won't be as quick. You may have to sell another house mm-hmm. to get the money back. I don't know. I'm fucking with Joan in this episode. I'm always fucking with Joan, but I'm really fucking with her this episode. You're really fucking with her this episode, too. So the developer, Anthony, is who Tony goes to for help with investing because she can't get the loan. And at first, she, uh, he thinks that she's asking him out uh-uh. or asking him this so he can go on a date. And she's See. like, no, that's not why. See, you see what happens when you start giving chances to people who aren't your type and start gassing them up and asking them out on dates, child. Now mm-hmm. they start thinking, oh, yeah, she wants me. Oh, this ain't even that type of party, bro. Yeah, it's not. That was that was last week's party. I think you that see why, ended. why I'm against that <laughs> shit. This is the reason why. Yeah, he all big headed now. Like, oh shit, she wants me. I know she wants me now. Okay, but that ain't, that ain't what's going on. <laughs> she says, no, that's not why I'm doing it. She's like, I'm working on a second paragraph to my obituary. Okay, using his words against him. Let's go. Okay. And he's like, haha, that's cute. And she's like, I'm not trying to be cute. Check out the prospectus. And he doesn't want to invest in her because he doesn't think she'll apply herself. She doesn't seem driven and motivated. Excuse you? One thing Miss Tony Childs is, is driven and motivated. He got a nigga fucked up. Here's the thing, though. He does go into... I invest in people who make me money, not take my money. (laughs) What? Oh, come on, Tony. The only thing I've ever seen you apply yourself to is the pursuit of rich men. So in this situation, her reputation precedes her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always been Tony's motivation. I don't think that that's a bad thing, though, right? Because if that was common practice for men to do, which some of them do, then they would use that as a vehicle to try to get rich too. The fuck. And let's say even if she wasn't, now she is. She's always been a woman that's had her own money. She just don't want to fuck with no bums. There's nothing wrong with trying to date a rich man. I think what he's saying is, what are you doing for yourself? I don't know. I guess she has before, but from what he's seen, it doesn't seem like she's trying to do anything for herself. He said at the beginning of the episode, she doesn't have a second uh, sentence to her obituary. It's all about her weight and how fabulous she looked. It's never like, I've done this and I've built this and this empire. It was the weight thing it's all superficial it's all surface level that's why he's afraid to put that investment into her Mm. i guess it could be wrong but that's what he's seen that's what she's shown and i'm part i'm part of the way in with what he's saying i'm like okay you know there is a possibility that she might not apply herself as much as another investment opportunity will Mm. so that's the thing about your reputation preceding you 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 want to try to like well, I guess you wouldn't know that she was starting this business, but you want to p- present yourself in a way that's going to get you these connections and before you need them, I guess. Because mm-hmm. people are always watching. They're always looking and assessing your personality. And you never know when you're going to need that person and what they're going to think about you. 
Mm-hmm. And Tony says, you know, the definition she's well, Tony says the definition we all know is for gold digger. But she says it's also possible that a gold digger does her very best to make a man feel complete and add exponentially to their happiness quotient. Valid. It could happen. And she says whether it's separating people from their money or making them feel complete. Both are essential components to selling real estate. Mm-hmm. And she tells Anthony, you're going to hate yourself if you miss out on this. And she hands him the prospectus, <laughs> which is just like a proposal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she got her business, I guess. She got her building. They're all painting and shit. Good for her. Isn't that great? I love seeing the girls there. Yes! Helping, helping they home girl. I love it. We love to see it. I love when they come together. It's just like, oh my god. Especially Maya. Maya's the newest one in the bunch, and she's still there for everybody, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, after I was lying on your behalf when you was trying to fuck up the niggas, you can't Whoa. help me paint. Um, pretty sure off camera she's used Tony for um, excuses while she was with Stan. And she'll say some shit like, oh, well, you know, I'm with Tony when she was really with Stan. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because yeah. that they, they helped lie for her to Darnell when she was with Stan that she owes them. Yeah. Okay. Tony, or excuse me, Joan comes by. She has like a bucket and shit. It's like a bucket. Not a bucket of shit, but like a bu- a bucket. A bucket and shit. Y'all know what we mean. A bucket and shit meaning yeah, shit is things. I don't want things. y'all to be picking apart what I say and shit. Like, I'm trying to like... Talks you how I talk to you in real life. All right. Anyway, like, there's a sponge in it. And uh, she goes in, apologizes. And Tony says, I know you're proud of me. And I know you also like to be the mama. If I'm going to eat up all your food and borrow all your money, <laughs> I guess I got to take the good with the bad. Ding, ding, ding. Pretty much. That's why. That's why Joan has tried to make sure that this doesn't fail for you. Because... You're always at her house, eating her food, taking her money when you don't have it. Right, Etsy? No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like she said, you can't just take the good parts of that relationship. You got to deal with the bad parts, too. Yeah. That's why the other girls are so cool with just being like, yeah, whatever, Tony, do your business. Who cares? Because if the shit fails, it ain't coming back on on Lan and Maya. Don't even matter. Do your thing, girl. Yeah, whatever. Do it. Fail. I don't care. I'll paint with this thing and then whatever. And uh, Joan says that she doesn't want to be the mom anymore. She doesn't want to be the practical one. The one that gives advice all the time. Why? Hmm. Just going to be a friend that doesn't bring anything to the table, Joan? Nothing to offer? (laughs) I mean, I guess that's less pressure. (laughs) You sound like, oh boy. (laughs) Oh, uh, Wendell Pierce, Anthony guy? Yeah. Like, boy, if you don't get your ass. (laughs) I think all the girls need someone who's going to give them advice and be in their corner for them. You just got to take it. Like, you can't sit there and think that Joan's coming from a negative place. I mean, during Maya's wedding, she was. That was a different situation. She lost her mind on that one. But she made a lot of good points on this one. You need to listen to what Joan's saying. Well, that's it. Yeah. So um, they hug it out and whatnot. And they continue to paint and clean Tony's eventual real estate office. And we're not going to cover William and Swiddleson because we did the end. Woo! Mm-hmm. 
So, so what's Tony in charge of? Child's in charge. She's in charge of running her own business. Well, her own soon-to-be business. She's also in charge of figuring out how she's going to run it and how she's going to, what road and avenue she's going to take to do that. Mm-hmm. Child's in charge of me. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your oh hell yes moment? My oh hell yes moment is when Joan was telling her, okay, girl, what about the startup expenses? What about the insurance? What about the employees? What about the real estate? What about all that stuff? That's my whole, ye- whole hell yes. <laughs> oh, whole hell, hell yes. yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The whole hell yes moment. Um, yeah, that's actually a good one. I don't know why I didn't choose that. I don't know why I don't choose the obvious ones. That's actually really good. Mine was the the recent one where um, Tony says, if I'm going to eat all your food and take all your money, I got to take the good with the bad. Okay. I've been trying to say that the whole episode. The way the way you be mama bearing on this lady and how all this stuff, all your problems fall end up falling back on her and financially, was it foodly? Foodly? Mm-hmm nutritionally nutritionally Mm. you need her nutritionally and financially if things don't work out for you so thank you for pointing that out because i was starting to think through the episode that no one was going to point that out and when tony did i was like oh hell yes oh hell yeah so yeah tony's starting tony child's realty and uh, i think this continues into the next episode because the next episode is called the taming of the realtors is that a is that a term, realtis? Have you heard that? Uh uh-uh. uh That's just like authoress. That's, That's what a Maya thing? calls herself. Authoress. Like an author? That's what Maya calls herself later in the series when she writes the book. She calls herself an authoress. Interesting. I'm assuming it's just a female author, like a realtist is a female realtor, an authoress is a female author. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um so taming of the realtist is another um tony centric episode so if you're into tony this is a what a time what a time rate review subscribe hit us up etsy what's our our twitter handle at hell yes girl gang 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 that's right hit us up if you want to chat about girlfriends or just let us know that we're doing a great job and if you want to be on our show next season hit us up we'll be starting later on in the year but we are looking for some cool voices to be on with us and chat about girlfriends. Write us a review, too. We love that. We will see you next week when we talk about taming of the realtors. And as always, I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. Bye, guys. See you next time.